Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, February 19th. We are here live. Phone lines are open. It is a free-for-all. I don't have much of anything today, so if you want to jump in, I would do it here quickly. 855-950-3835. Phone lines are open. Go ahead and jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. We're at the bottom of the hour. Uh, I'll be joined by Brent Hutto for Rates and Lanes. That will be coming up at uh, 1130. So we will see you then. I've got some calls coming in already. We'll get those screened. We'll get to them. Um, That's a good thing because I don't really have much of anything right now. So we will get to your calls here in just a couple minutes. The one thing I do want to let you know, um, the uh, CMC... Uh, ticket sales are moving briskly. We only have 200 seats available, and they're going pretty quick. Um, let's fill this thing up, and uh, you'll have an opportunity to see the entire program and see if you want to be a part of that or not. So if you've already registered for the truck show um, and you can't figure it out, you could always give us a call. We'll get you helped out with that. Or you can go back to your registration at Matt's itself, and that's where you're going to register for uh, the CMC 2.0. It's coming up pretty quick. I think we're down to, uh, what, 30-some days now? Does that sound about right? Getting pretty close. We're just about a month away. So um, I've got most of my travel arranged. I'm actually flying in this year. It's um, It's actually a difficult flight. Portland's a small airport. I love the airport here at Portland, but um, we don't have a lot of direct flights to anywhere because we're such a small airport. And then Louisville's even smaller, much smaller. So not a lot of choices on flights. It takes me, that takes me all day to get to Louisville. I lose the entire day of travel. I won't get anything else done. Uh, And then the same thing on the way back. And then I've got, um, I've also got an event just a couple weeks after that. Uh, the TIA, the Association for Freight Brokers. I will be speaking at that event. I think it's in Phoenix. I don't know. Somewhere in the Southwest. I'm pretty sure it's Arizona. So I've got some travel coming up. Uh, All right. Not sure what's going on with the phone calls. We had a bunch of calls in there. Now I don't see anybody. Uh, In fact, we lost our call screener. What is going on on the board? I looked up, there was a bunch of calls, and I had a call screener. Now I have no call screener, and my calls are disappearing. <clears throat> All right, um, pick up the phone and join me. Let's figure out what um, what we've got going on here. 855-950-3835. Um, not a lot going on in the news. I mean, everything that's been going on is kind of still still happening. Um, rates look like they're probably pretty darn close to the bottom. I don't see, think we're going to see much more in the way of rates dropping. I do think we may see some uh, we may see some volume drops still. Most of the uh, the news is pretty mixed right now. 
um, which is the same thing that's going on in the entire economy. Um, it looks like we are having some trouble with our phone. Um, our call screeners are having an issue, so um, we're trying to figure out what's going on with that right now. So, And of course, uh, it's a day where I have absolutely nothing prepared, and if I can't get to a call, uh, we, may, uh, we may sit here in silence. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure what's happening. I don't see any new calls coming in. 855-950-3835. I do see a couple calls there. Uh, looks like our screener's trying to get back in. Uh, and I see calls keep disappearing. Um, last week should have been the week we were testing our software, but that did not happen. Not sure if it's going to happen this week or not. So we are still dealing with... Um, with some of our call board issues. I see we've got another screener in there. We're trying to trying to get this up. Um, so hold please while we uh, while we try to figure this out. I did have a couple things that um, I could talk about, I guess, while we are waiting for that. Uh, I, let's see, where are my notes? Oh, um, the uh which samsung galaxy watches later this year are um are going to be able to detect signs of sleep apnea um, i'm not that surprised most of these watches now can check pulse ox which is really one of the measurements that can be used um for <clears throat> for sleep apnea readings, movement, um, watches can sense movement, it can sense breathing patterns and breathing rate. So I'm not surprised because they do have, um, they do have access to the data that would they'd be able to use for this. I, I, I hate to see this happening. I don't think we should be diagnosing sleep apnea from a watch. In fact, if I were a driver, I, not sure if I would wear that watch or if I would, I would turn that feature off. I would not. Uh, and I will tell you that on the Garmin watch, even though it does detect pulse ox, um, I turned that feature off because I couldn't find any good data from watching it. And it really takes up a lot of battery life. But uh, I'll keep an eye on that. Brad, is this any better? Sounds considerably better. It's not 100% yet. Well, as long as you can hear me, let's give it a shot. Sure. Uh, my, first of all, I'd like to the tribe a question about if anybody's got a newer, I think it's a low-leaf suspension. I was wondering what the ride height is supposed to be. Um, ride height itself? Or are you looking at, at problems with driveline angles? I got uh, driveline angle issues when I'm bobtailing and talked to Kevin about it on Friday and he said it was a driveline issue, and I think my air ride is a bit longer, taller than it's supposed to be, and it's causing U-joint issues. How long have you owned this truck? Uh, 13 years. Okay, and is there some sort of problem that just recently started? Yes. 
I noticed it really bad after I put new drive tires on, but I think it was last fall, I ended up busting the linkage for the leveling valve, and I just jerry-rigged it back together and never measured the ride height, figuring it was correct. But I think it's too high right now. Okay. Um, I, I don't have any readings or measurements or numbers on that. Somebody may call. Have you just tried the, the dealer and the VIN number yet? I haven't got that far. That's my other step. Yeah, I'd give that a shot to get started there it sounds like you went through this with kevin and you guys agree that it is a drive line angle issue yes yeah i'd give the dealer did, a call and get started there i did lower it a three-eighths of an inch on saturday and it seems to be better today but it's not a hundred percent well it might be but. a sign you're you're heading in the right direction but rather than mess around with it i just try to get that reading and get it set right yep did Lisa forward the email with my CGM numbers on it? I do have some screenshots here of CGM numbers. Do you have yeah. specific questions? or? The first time I've ever used one, and the ranges are normal. It just I thought it would be more consistent. So For, tell, uh, me, tell me a little bit about your history. Have you ever been um, diagnosed as diabetic or pre-diabetic? I'm okay. 38 years old. I've been eating keto more or less for five years. Um, when you say keto more or less, what does that mean? Um, I, we, I cheat, I guess, some days. But as far as I, I try to eat high fat, a lot of carnivore too. I've never tested my ketones. So... What about weight? Is your weight where you'd like to see it? Yes. And any other health issues going on? No. Okay. Uh, which um, which CGM is this? Uh, it's through NutriSense. Oh, it is NutriSense? The software looks different. Um, <clears throat> you know, my only concern, the numbers aren't bad. They're You're well within range most of the time. Looks like you're within range almost 100% of the time. Um, a couple times you dropped low. That that's always a little concerning for me. But given the fact that you're you've been eating keto for five years, I, I certainly wouldn't worry about it. Okay, I think Friday's high spike was a stress-related uh, glucose level. Yeah, and that wasn't any big deal. I mean, you peaked right around one forty, so nothing to worry about there. Like I said, the. I, I get a little more concerned. You dropped into the 60s at one point, and that, that, that's low. I mean, we typically don't see those kind of low numbers until somebody starts losing control of blood sugar, but I can't imagine why you would be anywhere near losing control of blood sugar when you've been eating like this for five years. So I would just say uh, sometimes it's, um, these aren't quite as accurate as a, as a finger stick or a blood draw. So, and it's your borderline. I mean, you, you dropped into the 60s a couple times for short periods of time. I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. And I'll just continue to eat this way and we'll go from there. All right. Thanks for the call. Uh, I'm not sure what happened. Yes, we, um, we lost all of our calls again. Um, <clears throat> not sure if we're having problems with the phone lines or I don't know what's going on. So 
Phone lines are open. It is a free-for-all. We've got uh, about 15 minutes before um, Brent Hutto from truckstop.com will be joining us. Pick up the phone. Anything goes. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, 855-950-3835 is the number to join us. We could talk about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. We could talk about the CMC, Um, lots and lots to talk about there if you have any questions. Pick up the phone and join me, 855-950-3835. Let's go to massachusetts todd welcome hey kevin you there i am what's on your mind today you sound like one sick fucker to me um i uh i decided to wait for about four years to participate in this whole covid thing um, yeah but i am 99 sure i've got it i didn't test but the guy that i was with most last week tested and he's still laid up um, and a couple of days after I started feeling it, Lisa started feeling it. She tested it. She's got it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's what I've got. And I got to tell you, it, it is not pleasant. Yeah, I, I got it before it hit the news originally. So I don't know what that was in early 2020. And and uh, I got over it. I forget. I'm going to say it took five days, four days. and um, but, but I did have a bug. Uh, for about nine days, I posted on the tribe, and I thought someone posted you had a bug, and I, and I was like, when I, when I heard your voice, I was like, oh, that's that's not the bug, that's that's something else. And uh, anyway, I'm I'm sorry uh, you've got it, and um, but I'm sure you know how to treat it. We um, I'm, <clears throat> we're um, tomorrow will be seven days. Let, last Tuesday morning, I woke up about four in the morning, and I thought, well, I just don't feel right, and I had felt fine up until that point. Um, and I woke up and I said, yeah. I don't feel all that great. I'm going to go back to bed. So I went back to bed and I got up and I thought, oh man, I d- almost did not do the show on Tuesday. Tuesday morning, I was struggling through the show last week. Uh, and that's the last yeah. time I've been on that after that show, I went to bed and I haven't been out of bed much since. Yeah. I, I, I can remember back. I mean, it was, like I say, it was before the news. I didn't, I hadn't been told I should panic, so I didn't know. But I, I was very sick, and I missed a few days of work. And um, yeah, it, it was, it was brutal. Um, so I just, I, I just wanted to quickly call in and, and um, you know, say hello and see what's going on. And you had, you had mentioned you'd open the show with something about the the Samsung watch, and um, you know, we've spoken a little bit about EMF and so on and so forth, and. Um, you know, I, I heard or read something about the mi- you know, microwave radiation in particular, and, and someone on the tribe uh, had posted that he, he got a new microwave in the truck, and I've heard you say before you microwave food, and it always, it always makes me cringe because not only does it, you know, ruin the food, uh, you know, like it transmogrifies the molecular structure, but it's also obviously microwave radiation, and but all this technology in trucks, um, including the adaptive cruise control, which I think some guys like, they think it makes them a better driver, although we initially hated it at first. It's microwave radiation. It's EMF. So we've got all kinds of shit in the truck that, that's, you know, 
frying us. They want you know to put it in your ears. These, these products of these buds and put it on your wrist. And um, you know it's it's just a lot. And and believe it or not, people put these bricks to, next to a brand new baby. They put a baby monitor. You know, it, it's given off EMF, and there's a brand-new, perfect little human being trying to grow and form, and it's getting radiated from day one. And it's – anyway, when you mentioned the smart uh, watch there, it, it got me thinking about it. And, and I don't understand all this stuff about Wi-Fi. It's 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi. That's 2.4 billion pulses per second. I don't know. We seem to be doing semi-okay as a race, but it, that just can't be good. And um, and it's, you know something? The Wi-Fi I read at 2.4 gigahertz, 2.4 billion pulses per second, is the same frequency a microwave uses to cook food. And I, I just I don't understand it, but it's pretty scary. And, um, you know, what did they tell us when we were kids? Can you hear me, by the way? I, I can. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> it, they told us we were kids, you know, don't run with the scissors in your hand or, you know, don't stand too close to the television. And, you know, and the television one is um, obviously maybe we didn't know in the 70s or, but, you know, we just knew don't stand too close to the television for some reason. And obviously it's, it's radiation. It doesn't make you feel good. And, and so all this stuff in a truck, it'd be like you said, with a pulse ox, it'd be good if you could shut off your adaptive cruise control and, you know, buy a meter to to see that it isn't on, that it isn't adding to your stress uh, or or taking from your health. And uh, anyway, I no, there's that. This is a challenge for us. This is a problem for us health wise. You know, we've found lots and lots of ways where we can dramatically improve our diet and improve our health with diet. Um, the stress of of our modern life, and I don't just mean mental stress but the stress of everything about our modern light our life light pollution um <clears throat> food that is no longer food it's mostly additives and stuff made in factories it's not really natural food anymore we are just literally awash in chemicals of every kind they're everywhere they're in our clothes they're um, they're in all the personal care products. Then we have electricity and EMFs and all these wavelengths with 5G. And, you know, th- this isn't going to stop either. I mean, there's been no slowing down of this advancement of technology. Technology runs on EMFs. I mean, everything about it is counter to um, what the human body knows. Our, our body has never, ever been exposed to this. And every year we're exposed to more and more of this with microplastics. And I, you start to wonder how the human body is going to survive this, really. Yeah. It's, uh, I, like I say, we seem to be doing pretty good. I mean, oh, uh, Todd, Todd we don't, though. Honestly, look around. We don't. Well, that's, we, yeah, it's, we're it's, sicker than ever. I know. And I, you know, when I go to the supermarket and it's, it's more and more, and I swear it's in the last two or three years, it's just a freak show. The people in there used to be normal, but they're, if it's, if it's not just a look on their face, it's, they're just, you know, beyond morbidly obese and they're, you know, they're just the crazy looks in their eyes and the, and the just, yeah. So it's, I don't know that it's just the food. I I can tell you this. Um, Speaking of watches and EMFs and all that, um, 
when I was talking about this several weeks ago and I said I was really going to take a deep dive in and start working on the EMFs, and I, I'm not sure how much time I'm going to spend on it with everything else going on right now. Um, but one of the yeah. things I did that day, my watch was almost dead. My Garmin, like I said, lasts 20 some days, so I don't charge it all that often. And I decided not to charge it. That was almost a month ago. I haven't worn it since. But I did check one thing when I got sick. I went back and checked one thing because for the first eight, seven years that I ate like this, I never even came close to getting sick. Once in a while, I would think, well, I was exposed to something and I'd wake up the next morning and I'd feel fine. I've talked about it many times. Um, In the last two years, I've been sick three times. And this is the second time in about four or five months. And I'm trying to figure out why. I mean, my diet has not slipped at all. My diet is is better than ever. Uh, Every time that I get sick, this is why I went back and checked it. There's there's one number that indicates that I am I am vulnerable to getting something, and it's my HRV. I just don't know if we talk enough about HRV or if we understand it enough. All three times that I've gotten sick, it's when my HRV has dropped below 40 every time. And other yeah. than that, if I keep my HRV up, I will not get sick. At one time, I thought it was vitamin D levels. That helps some, but my vitamin D levels are yeah. fine right now. Uh, it's when my HRV drops. And HRV is directly related to our lifestyle. Our diet helps a little bit, but HRV is just absolutely it's everything we're exposed to in our lifestyle it's stress it's not getting enough sleep it's pushing too hard it's exposure to too many of these things uh and i just don't think there's been enough research done on that i think that could be a really critical number to watch well it it definitely is and i want to add in something about you know about stress i don't i don't Obviously, I don't know your situation, but if you're living between two homes outside of divorces and deaths, I mean, moving, you know, maybe that's causing some undue stress. It's moving your HRV. But I, I will say that I have read quite a few studies on, you know, actual the, the peer-reviewed um, studies on grounding. And um, it definitely has a positive impact on HRV. And I know you can't always go out barefoot. I know you, you do if you can, but, uh, you know, these grounding products, they seem to work. I've had good luck with them. You know, I, I can't, you know, do my own study, but I just go by how I feel. And uh, I, I would recommend it. You, you know, they're very inexpensive. And, um, you know, ground yourself when you sleep or ground yourself while you're doing the show or whatever. Um, oh, speaking of grounding in HRV, I, I called about that bursitis. And I'm, I'm halfway got myself convinced it's, it's tissue clearing of oxalates. And, um, and that was just the weakest link. And I've, I've grounded it, and they have these patches you can put on to your skin. They stick to your skin, and you can hook up the wire to your skin. It's kind of creepy. But um, it's, it's, it took away the pain, and it, huh. it's, it's, uh, it's really something to experience. And um, I forget the, the website I bought it from, but, you know, it's, it's by Clint Ober, O-B-E-R, and you've, uh, earthinginstitute.net, I think. But anyway, uh, yeah, and that is if you want to wear that watch again to test the HRV with the grounding products, I'd personally be very curious to know what, if any results there is. Cause I, I do have the Apple watch um, paid a lot of money for it, but I'm not wearing it for quite a while now. Cause uh, I'm just, it's like an electronic blood tick. I'm, I mean, that's the way I see it anyway. But if you want to wear that Garmin diesel and 
quantify um, the HRV changes, if any. With, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, now that, I'm all ears. Yeah. That, that would be interesting, and it'd be a good time, because like I said, mine is tanked again. Um, I'm back down into the 30s, and I, and I can feel it when I'm down here. I just, nothing works right. Um, so the, but my biggest issue right now is I've just got to this place where there's just way too much to do right now and not enough time to do it. Yeah. Here's, so speaking of you're not having enough time, and, and if this some, – sometimes I think just asking this question cheapens what I'm going to say to you because you told us about something I never heard of in my life. And if it, and if it cheapens it, I don't, I don't want you to talk about it. But when you were coined, has that added stress? to your life and like i say don't answer it if it's going to cheapen it because that's an honor that i can barely understand um i don't here's part of the issue for me stress we have i'm not sure we have a good understanding of stress stress for me is almost never and this is for me um it's almost never mental for me it's not that um, um that i have stressful thinking it, for me, it's it's going to be something more physical than mental. I know there's a big mental aspect here, but for me, it's it's spending too much time in front of a screen, creating content and sitting through Zoom meetings and planning. So for me, my biggest uh, the biggest creator of stress for me is work, um, business work, not physical work. Physical work is actually yeah. the antidote. If I can get out right. and, you know, get some garden therapy and that goes a long, long way. Well, this time of year, I just don't. I mean, I did get one day, we had a reasonably nice day, and I went out and, and dug around in the dirt. And uh, <clears throat> I need more of that. And I just don't get it this time of year. You know, I don't get outside enough. Oh. I Since I'm not outside and there's nothing else to do, I end up working more. And it's that, that work that keeps me in that stress mode that I have a hard time getting out of. I, I would uh, recommend if you don't already do it, I just did it myself is um, I don't know the science behind it, but these blue blocker glasses, you're going to be on the computer that much. I would definitely wear them, uh, especially as the sun goes down and and, um, that can't not help. It's got to help at least a little bit. And uh, you know, and, and, just to cut down on what that does inside, you know. Yeah. To your- All right. Hey, Todd, I just looked at the clock. Yeah. I got to cut you loose. We should um, we should be joined by Brent Hutto. <clears throat> I see he is in the queue there. Actually, I think he's ready. Um, Brent, good morning. Hello. Good morning, Brent. Good morning, Chief. <laughs> good morning, Mr. Rufford. How are you? Good. Good. Did I did I grab you out of the call screening room while they were still talking to you? I think that you did. Yes. Oh, well, well, that's bad. It was it was just the reco- it was just the recording. Oh, huh. Well, good morning. <laughs> oh, good morning. It's uh, it's good to talk to you today, man. Uh, sorry about uh, being uh, flying all over the country yesterday uh, last week. Yeah, you have been uh, quite the jet setter lately, haven't you? <laughs> well, there's a lot going on the industry and. Uh, January and February spends a lot of time like talking about what what's going to happen for the year. So I, I go to a lot of those conferences and hear a lot of what the uh, the sort of larger players and and uh, are doing in the market. So it's a, it's a lot of fun to listen and, and have the dialogue on. It. So what is the what what's the word on the street? You know, I, I 
look forward to Louisville this year for a lot of reasons, the CMC being one. Oh, but, yeah. You know, Louisville mm-hmm. is almost that place and time of year where you kind of gauge what's going on in the industry, right? How many times have we been to the show where there's an absolute feeling at that show about what's going on in the industry? Oh, man. Well, I've been going for over 25 years, so almost every year. And I'll tell you, the, the main reason behind that is that, you know, that's when the market kind of comes out of the doldrums of the uh, post-holiday sort of hangover. And because uh, that, that's usually January and February. And then March, uh, the market starts to pick up. And, and it's not really a holiday-related thing. It, it's a bid season where the, the really big shippers are getting their their rates and bids and lanes and everything set up with all their big transportation providers. And then the market starts to pick up, you know, through, the, through March and with the mid-America being at the end of March. And so things just start to pick up and April takes off. And, and uh, but yeah, you, you can definitely feel it at mid-America. And that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Yeah. You know, if we look back, a couple of the worst years I remember was, you know, right after 08, 08, 09. Um, Ooh. That was tough. Yeah, I, I, the the mood at that event that those years, um, the the big OEMs had kind of pulled out for the first time ever, and um, just it was a lousy economy. And and then we had a long, long run where there there was just not a year like that. I mean, I, I, up until and then we had the weird stuff twenty 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 one where the show just didn't happen mm-hmm. at all because of COVID and. Now it's back, but I, I think this year will be interesting to see what the mood is going to be. Well, you know, what's interesting with all this is that, that a lot of these economies <laughs> are self-inflicted, right? Yeah. I mean, the 2008, 2009 was self-inflicted. We allowed an entire financial institution to sort of game us. And I mean, and I'm, what I mean by us, I mean the American public. And, uh, you know, it was, um, they're all chasing their financial uh, rewards, and unfortunately, uh, you know, it didn't. It just didn't pay off, and and you got an entire financial institutions that went bankrupt, and really hurt people's. And the funniest thing I ever heard during 2000, 2009 was from a good friend of mine. He said, "My my four hundred one k went to a two hundred one k." That's so, bad. Uh, that, you know, that's, that's that is not the direction you wanted to go. So, uh, but. Um, and then, of course, you know, in in the in the, pan, in the pandemic, you know, it was like, okay, well, no one's ever experienced this. How do we react? And our government was trying to do certain things, and people were trying to do certain things, and and uh, it just there was everyone. It's just a big guess. Everyone's guessing. I realize everyone's using their their brains, and everyone says trust the science. And it's like, yeah, but science is guessing too. And so yeah, it's just, it you know, and so we went through this this really strange period as a country, as a as a as a globe. As a, as a populace, population on an entire globe, the billions and billions of people that are on this globe. And so some came out of it, come out of it pretty well. America came out of it pretty well. Um, other countries did not. They're still struggling in trying to get things done. And so, um, but um, it's all self-inflicted, man. And so usually that, that, that one person that's involved in every problem each of us have is ourselves, you know, so we, we kind of inflicted ourselves. Yeah, and, and that's where we have the most control. We talk about it all the time. Stay focused on the things you can control because yeah, there's a absolutely. whole bunch of sure. things that you just can't control. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, And that's, that's the big that's the big. Um, Thing that we, we all have to look at. You know, I, you're asking me what was sort of the condition of the market. Well, here's, here's you know, I, when you think about, go back to January of 2023, so a year ago, everyone's saying, oh, the second half of 2023 is when the market's going to sort of rebound some. And, and 
and it didn't. And so here we are in February of 2024, a year later, and you hear the economists, the analysts, even even the large players, and I heard from four or five of them when I was down in, in Miami at this conference, and um, saying, well, we, we think that it's going to be a, a pretty good – the market's going to start to come back in the fourth quarter of 2024. So – and what it, what it tells us is everybody's trying to do their best. What it tells us is nobody really knows because we don't – we've never gone through anything like we did through a pandemic. So we don't really know how it's all going to work out. The, the economy's doing okay. It's not doing great, but it's doing okay. And uh, so that was, that's what makes everybody feel like, well, okay, well, we're, we don't really – we're not in a recession, but, but we're not in growth as far as an economy, which means, you know, so everyone gets a little sort of concerned about that. But I think just in general, I heard a lot of the things, and love, I definitely want to talk about these things today, some of these things today, like um, I heard a lot about the, some of the challenges in, in the 3PL marketplace, heard a lot about the, 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 the lack of effect that, that technology did for the marketplace. I heard about drop and hook or power only. I heard about uh, lots of really, really great things that, that and I think are, are very uh, good points and kind of where the, where the, where the industry is navigating to. Yeah, you know, you, you said something that's interesting because I, I was just thinking this, that even though you can look at a lot of numbers and say we're, we're, we've probably bottomed out um, mm-hmm. rates, you know, I don't think there's much more room for those to slide. Truck prices have gone way, way, way down. All equipment really has come way mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of indicators that, that something changed. But I have to say that this is the first time it still never felt to me like we were really in a recession. Yeah. Well, I think from a, from a economic growth, we didn't. I mean, it, 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 you, they look at a lot of different factors, not just quarter over quarter uh, neg- negative growth or neg- negative over the, the previous quarters. That's what that's how they define recessions. They look at more things like purchasing and all lots of other things that go into it now today. So. It didn't feel like it because our economy kept growing at two percent or more. You know, it, so it, it's yeah. It um, it just seems to me like there we just didn't get that same feel of the bottom like we normally get. Where that, that's kind of what I was, I'm thinking. We're going to be at Louisville. What's the mood going to be? Because typically, mm-hmm. with with numbers the way they are, we'd expect it to be bad. But but I don't think it is. I, there's still a lot of optimism in the industry. There's if it honestly, I I think that if it wasn't for inflation, things would be fine right now. It, it, overall, in the economy, that I would I would agree with you that that it would be fine if inflation wasn't where it is. But but the thing that gives me gives me a little bit of, of uh, positivity in that is that. The federal, the the bank, the banking reserve guys, all all the guys that, that look at our, our our federal reserve, basically said we're gonna we're not gonna increase the rates anymore. We're gonna start decreasing them over this year. That tells you that that they're feeling more positive about our, our U.S. economy. So I think if, if you had if, if inflation wouldn't have done what it did, but here's the thing: when purchasing goes as crazy as it did for as long as it did, you are naturally going to get inflation in any economy. Yeah. It's an it's a it is a you're, it is an absolute fact that's what's going to happen. So with trucking, um, if, if we wouldn't have had inflation plus if fuel wasn't still sort of like, you know, given the, the small guy a really difficult time. And uh, I mean, that, I mean, like the 10 truck person, the five truck entity, the one truck entity, entity who doesn't necessarily negotiate the fuel surcharge as well as the larger fleet. Uh, you, get, you combine those two things. And that's really what's, what's creating a lot of, a lot of heartache 
among the small players in the market. Yeah, certainly seems to. Uh, what else you got, Brent? Well, let's look at what's what is you were talking you talked about rates. Let me just give a little bit of a market update first. And I do want to talk about like power only and, and I do want to talk about like the the broker market with you because let's get your get your thoughts on that because these are some really big players that talk about these points. But overall on freight, um, kind of just continue along the same line. We're still at a, at a sort of a, a pressure index. The market demand index is is, is in the mid fifties. Uh, so that's, that's good. That means the marketplace is, is kind of still kind of stabilized. It's been in, it's been kind of staying around 50, which is good. Uh, freight, there's still more freight. What's interesting is, um, after, after the holidays, there's more people in, uh, there, there's more freight inside of our market than normal, which is good. I mean, that's, that's the good. It, it, it had gone down to sort of market normal and then it's gone back, back up. So that's been kind of an interesting thing. And it usually goes up during the holidays, but it's kind of stayed up. So it's been, it's up about 15%, which is really great. So there's more freight in the market. That's the encouraging thing if you're a small player in the market, Kevin, is that there's, there's plenty of freight to be moved. I realize there's more trucks in the market. They're going to drive the price down a little bit, but there's still freight to be moved. And if you've got a good relationship with a broker, you're probably going to be able to get a better rate on it. You know, um, I just had a... So that, that, go ahead. Yeah, yeah an minute. interesting example of that. I was working with somebody in my coaching program, uh, and he bought his first truck, got his authority right off the bat, jumped yeah. right in, and, yeah. and um, I saw his first like day. He he was he was uh, documenting all of this on on social media, and I mm-hmm. saw like his first day, and he was he ran up against that thing we've been hearing a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, his authority was too new; nobody wanted to load it. And oh wow, okay. <clears throat> He's been through the coaching, so we've we've talked about this kind of stuff. He said, I guess I'll just have to uh, try that strategy of, of go sit down and meet somebody face-to-face. Yeah. And <laughs> Amazing. Amazing the, how that helps. Yeah. The next thing I know, he's talking about he's on his ninth load already, and everything's going great. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, so, I mean, you know, it's funny. You've been talking about this for like 25 years on, you really want to get things going quicker than slower. <laughs> Go meet people. <laughs> Go say hello to them. It, it really can make a, a huge difference. You know, that this idea, let's think about this for a second. This whole idea of we won't load you until you have experience. It goes back to the same thing. How do you get experience if nobody hires you until you have experience? Mm. But there's, well, there's <laughs> always ways around it. Always. And, and this is one of them. And, and it's, you should be doing this anyway. I mean, these are your customers. Why wouldn't you want to go meet them? Yeah. I'll tell you a funny. I'll tell you a funny story. My first real job that I ever got in my life was at a cellular phone sales company, and this was back in 1992 when cell phones became super wildly, you know, popular. And and uh, I, I called this place, and they said we don't ha- we don't have any positions available. It's where, I, but it's but it's where I want to work. It's a corporate entity. At that time, it was called Cellular One. And they were a big player in the market, so they got yeah, they singular. And so that's about that. But they, they didn't have any jobs. So I put on a suit. I went up to the corporate office in Birmingham, Alabama, which is where I, where I grew up and where I lived. And I went up to the, the receptionist, and I said, I'd like to, to interview for a job. And she said, we don't have any openings. And I said, um, is, the, is the vice president sales in? And she said, well, he's at lunch. And I said, well, when would you expect him back? She goes, well, within an hour. And I go, well, hey, here's, here's, can I just ask you one thing? I said, I'm going to go sit right over there on that couch, and I'm going to wait till he or she comes back in. I said, would you let them know I want five minutes of their time? Because I knew, like, I knew that, hey, any salesperson is going to go, Somebody, somebody's sitting here, and they've been waiting. They want five minutes a month. I'll give them five minutes of my time. An hour later, 
unless they're with a job opportunity. There you go. After me, he comes in, he comes in, he sees me sitting over there, he goes, yeah. His name was Ed, so I went in and talked to him, and he said, right, what do you got? And I said, let's just start talking about what, what my goals and hopes and dreams were about working there. And he said, yeah, all of a sudden, five minutes went into an hour, and I ended up with a great job. Made a ton of money my, my, my first year working there. But the point is that, you, just to your point, Kevin, you have to be proactive about going and getting what you want. And if you're struggling in one area, don't let a, re- a rejection stop you. Go and find a way to create success. And usually it's just face-to-face. So that's been one of the greatest pieces of advice you've ever, I ever hear you give, and you give it over and over and over to so many owner-operators in the market. And so they just need to heed that advice. Yeah. I mean, it, it even in a market like this that we're talking about, there's still tons and tons of opportunities. So um, we've been talking about starting at the bottom for a long time. We've kind of been waiting for the bottom to show up so we could start at the bottom. Well, yeah, and we, we're definitely, <laughs> we're at the bottom. Uh, it went up during the holidays, rates did, but they're back down to 230, 229. And so uh, that's about as low as it's comfortable. That, that's overall freight. I know van dropped below $2. It, it ended up being about $1.97. Flatbed was at 234. Reefers was at 227. Reefers has been the most interesting, compelling me because it was 267. It's dropped 40 cents over the last four weeks down to 227 which uh is, is you know that's that, that's a big drop yeah but either way either way i know that you you talk about a lot of times about you know what's your efficiency how can you try to find a way to at least be profitable at some of these rates and kind of these these are just these are just the posted rates right you know these these aren't these aren't the negotiated rates we don't right. see those those are between the carrier and the broker so how are you negotiating and and uh but uh, but the market market overall has just been kind of at this level kevin for for nine months and uh and likely going to stay around here so how do you create success in it well just like you said how do you how do you how do you go and negotiate that to where it can be a benefit for you and so but and i think that face-to-face advice you get is, is some of the best that, 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 that there is yeah no doubt and and we've been talking about this a long time the the whole cmc 2.0 program is all about um getting started right and Getting started right to me also is part of market timing. Now, doesn't mean I wouldn't have started two or three years ago, but what happens when people start at the top, the mistake they make is that they act as though it will always be the way it is right then. Their whole model ends up being based on the conditions that they started in. And then when the market turns, they don't know how to react. So it's much better mm-hmm. to start at the bottom, and when the market turns, things actually start getting better. When you start at the top, and you, you don't really have any kind of a plan, and things start to get worse, which is what they're, what's happening now, this is why we see so many people failing. Right. Well, I tell you, I think you, you always want to look at your base. What is your base cost? And then how are you covering your base cost? And, and certainly there's, there's always years where you're going to and this isn't any industry. This isn't just in trucking. There's in, there's years you're going to make more margin than you do than you do in others. And uh, and so this is one of those margin. This is one of those years that that it, it, it's thin margins. And so this is why the relationship really really matters. Uh, because it, it, I heard there was a uh, one of the one of the leaders at Night Swift said that um, that they're, they're the from the well, from their from the owner operators that work with them that they've never seen it this unhealthy for them. In other words, it's so challenging for them, but. But the, the encouragement was to, to be ready when it starts moving back the other direction. So how are you really organizing your business to be ready for that is key, is key, is key to the cycle. 
and and um, so I thought that was a, a super wise advice. Is what 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 data are you following that allows you to know when the market begins to move back to a positive direction? Yeah, good point. Hey, we've got a call, and he actually wants to talk about right. this topic. So, what do you say we take a call? Oh man, that'd be fantastic. Let's do it. All right, let's go to California, Jose. Good morning. All right. Good morning. What can we help you with today? <clears throat> I'm calling to see if um, what kind of advice you'd give me on getting the uh, trucking business started. Um, we started the trucking business like you guys were talking about right now at, during the COVID time at the high end. And then when the rates started getting bad um, and we, 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 started losing money we just shut the business down and now i'm looking to get it started back up again but with uh some good advice okay so instead of me giving you advice right now i'm gonna ask you some questions um yeah what, what's the number one reason you want to own a truck um well i'd like to get the business started and like to make a few extra dollars two extra dollars i already have the truck well, right, but you had the truck, but you weren't in a position that you could afford to operate it. Yeah, I was at the time. Uh, we had two breakdowns, two breakdowns that were just uh, non-repairable. Uh, there was no parts available, and the cost of um, getting some new trucks just didn't make any well, sense. Well, hold on, hold, hold, hold on. Let, let's talk about that. What were the... Describe these two breakdowns to me. So we had one of them that, that blew a turbo uh, over in the Cheyenne area, and the driver continued to drive it and ended up uh, burning up one of the cylinders. So now the truck is running on five cylinders instead of six cylinders. And at the time, we were we were we were making a little bit of money. Uh, but the cost of the repair was just too expensive for us to uh, justify it. And then the other one was, uh, it was a uh, T680 uh, Kenworth and one of the wiring harnesses for the DPF uh, went bad. And at the time during the COVID, it was the back order and there was no they had no idea when it was going to be available again. And those two trucks, I had two drivers in it. And, you know, they were operating 24-7. And they were the ones who were helping me you know, stay afloat at the time. How many, trucks did you, down, how many trucks did you have? Six. When did you buy your first one? Uh, the first one I bought it in 2019. So I've identified why you failed. And it's, it's really, really obvious. Like I... Should have been able to pick this one up with my eyes closed and half my brain tied behind my back. My question is, have you figured out why you failed? Well, it was like, the, you know, the same like the topic you were talking about. We started off at the peak uh, 2019, and then the peak started. And, you know, basically there wasn't a whole lot of work that needed to be done to make money. Just go out there and, you well, know, pick a load and, you know, we were making money. Well, well, but you weren't. If you were making money, you'd still be in business. Um, we made quite a bit of money. We made uh, $1.3 billion in the first year. Hey, hey. And then hey, after hey, the COVID Jose, went Jose down, hold on, hold on. You did not 
make that much money. You earned that much gross revenue. How much was left right. over? Uh, uh, right around 325000 You cleared 325000 in 2019 or 2020. What year was this? This was when the COVID started. I don't remember the exact year, but it was uh, when the COVID started. 2020? Yeah. 2019, yeah. That's when the rate, the rate just skyrocketed. You know, so where'd where, that money go then? I mean, how do you go from, which is a very healthy net profit on that number of trucks, how do you go from that to you can't stay in business? Uh, well, the two trucks broke down. We were, when so, we were still operating. So, Jose, here, here's what I'm going to try to get across to you. Every time we yeah. talk about why you failed, you come back to these two trucks. I can promise you these two trucks breaking down are not why you failed. Right. And if well, it is... If it is why you failed, then you should give up this whole idea because trucks are always going to break down, always. And I don't care if you tell me, well, right. it was a massive, it was a, it was a total failure. It, it doesn't matter. That happens. Your, your business has right. to be able to absorb that. We could have a truck burn up. We could have a truck crashed. We could have a truck stolen. We can, we can lose engine. All of those things are part of being in the business of trucking. What I'm trying to get across to you is you are not identifying. You, you will say you started at the top. Okay, well, if you weren't able to make it at the top, what have you changed that's going to allow you to make it at the bottom when everybody else is failing? What, what are you going um, to do different this time? Anything. That's why I was, we haven't, I haven't changed anything. I said, you know, we closed the business down, and I was calling you for that exact reason to give me some guidance on where I should um, what direction I should go because I know that there was an issue and the issue was, you know, we started at the top and then when things got rough, uh, we didn't know where to go. So what are you going to do different this time? Um, that's why I called you. Okay. So you don't have, <clears throat> you don't have any kind of a plan, right? What, what are you doing right now for income? I'm a mobile mechanic, my truck mechanic. So that's what you're doing for revenue, for income, to pay the bills? Yeah. Okay, working for yourself or for somebody else? Uh, for myself. Okay. I'm actually an axle surgeon. I, I repair a spindle. Okay. So who's going to drive the truck? I was looking to hire drivers. Well, there's your first mistake. Have you ever, did, when you owned those six trucks, did you ever drive one? I didn't, no. There's your problem. I knew if I kept asking enough questions, we'd get to the solution. You don't know what it takes to run a truck successfully because you've never done it. And to, to just buy trucks it, no. and think you're going to throw drivers in there and create success, you, you, you don't have a plan. And it's hard for you to make a plan because you don't really understand how that business works. Right. So you're going to need massive amounts of help to make this work. Well, I would highly okay, recommend if you're, if you're serious about doing this again and you don't sign up for the CMC, that would be maybe the biggest mistake you could make. I would tell you to do one of two things here. Forget about owning trucks or jump in with both feet and do this right. And you're talking about becoming a driver. I think that it is very, very difficult to own a small trucking company if you've never been a driver. Yes. 
It's not impossible, uh, but boy, you've got a big, big uphill battle and you have to do a lot of things right. The problem is you don't know what's right. And, and I can tell you what's right. I could give you the whole plan from start to finish. That, that's what the CMC is. Right. So I would assume so, you're already signed up for the CMC, right? No, no. I, I've been listening to you for a while, and I've, you know, I've, we've the business down. It's been down for about uh, almost a year now. What happened and to all I've the trucks? I've been listening to you. Oh, they're parked at the house. You have six have, trucks uh, six, parked? Yeah, six trucks. They're all paid for. Well, it doesn't matter. Those are depreciating assets. They're losing money every day they sit there. Yeah. That's why I want to get the trucking business uh, back up and running so they can start working. How many trucks were you planning on starting with? Uh, either uh, one or two trucks. I don't want to put all six of them on the road at one because it is a, it is a lot of work for one individual. Yeah, it is, especially if you've got another full-time job that you've got to pay the bills with. Right. So what do you think the smartest thing you could do right now would be? Oh, well, yeah, I have no idea. That's why I, I call, I'm calling you guys for advice. So I, I, <clears throat> I kind of gave you a little piece of advice about three minutes ago. What was it? Their uh, full force, jumping in 100%. What's the, and, uh, what's, what's the, the uh, training? What is, now we're starting to get on the right track. What is the single biggest thing you are missing to make this work? The knowledge on how yes. the trucking business works? Yes. That's it. That's, a, that's yeah. the whole game right there. You are trying to build a business and you know nothing about this business then your number one goal has got to be to seek out as much information as you can learn about this business. Right. Why aren't you in my coaching program? Um, because I've, I've, been only, I've been listening to you for about four months, and I've been listening to the people that you've been talking to and what their advice is. Uh, and I, I do plan on getting it started, but I need, I need uh, to know where to go. I'm trying to tell you, you need knowledge. Right. So where do I sign up for that CSP plan? Uh, are you going and, to the... You know, I, spoke, I spoke with uh, my wife about this, and she's, you know, she's, she's in on it, too, and she's like, yeah, we need all the help we can get. Uh, uh, do you have the CNC class and then the other uh, program? Coaching. Yeah, the CMC kicks off at the Mid-America Truck Show. Are you going to the truck show? Uh-huh. And then take that class and then see where, where we're at after that. You broke up some there. Are you going to the truck show? Uh, where is it at right now? It, or where is it going to be at? In Louisville in March, like, 22nd. Coming up in a, right about a month. Do you have anything that would be something? Do you have any shows that you're going to be doing right around the California area? No. <clears throat> no? They're all in? There aren't that many. Be going to this. It, Jose, let me tell you this. There aren't many shows. I, I, I go uh-huh. to maybe two yeah. truck shows a year, sometimes not even that. This is the big one. This is the one where we're doing the CMC. Um, I can't think of a more important place for you to be if you really want to put those six trucks back on the road. And when does this one uh, program to start? When does the program start? Yes. 
like the 20, I don't know. Let me open a calendar and go figure it out. It's March. We're going to be March 20th. Uh, so you need to come into Louisville on March 19th. Jose, nice to meet you. This is Brent Hutto with Truck Stop. First off, let me, oh, let me, nice let me I, I want to congratulate you for listening to Kevin for four months. All right, you're, you're starting off by at least listening. That's super smart. You, then you made the bold move of calling in to taking the risk of talking to Kevin because he's going to shoot you straight. And uh, so uh, this, the CMC 2.0 is in Louisville, Kentucky at the Mid-America Truck Show. And we kick it off on Wednesday morning, the 20th. Uh, and then it'll go from all day. It'll be the all day event on the 20th and then half a day on the 21st. So, and, uh, I think, I think Kevin, there's only about a hundred slots left. So, uh, Jose, if you're going to do it, I, I think you make that decision today to get, get to, Kevin's not wrong. He's saying you need to arm yourself with a plan. And if, right. you, come yeah, CMC, that's, that's... if you come to CMC, you can, you can start to develop your plan that helps you work towards profitability. Right. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's the idea of calling you guys in because I want some guidance with some knowledgeable people. You know, I've been listening to you guys talk, and you guys sound like you guys know what you're talking about. Um, and that's the people that I want to get some guidance. Yeah, you know, when I, when we first started the business, we were getting a lot of guidance from the drivers, and that was a big mistake. We got into a you know a lot of trouble with over that. Uh, which is fairly common when you try to start a trucking company with no trucking experience. The drivers mm-hmm. sense it, they know it, and they will use it to take advantage of you. Yeah. They, they, well, they got us in trouble. DOT, uh, safety, yeah. Oh. Yeah. You, you need a plan. The good news is there's a way to get a plan, and it's only a month away. I will say, Kevin, I think one of the things Jose has going for him as well, when he said he's a, uh, a a mechanic, a mobile mechanic, he knows how, when there are issues with his truck, he can repair it himself, which, which oh, is that's huge. A, giant, a giant cost reduction as well. So that's Jose, you, got, you have that going for you. You're listening uh, to the yeah, expert, sir. listen to Kevin, and now, now you can repair him yourself. That's, that's, your, that's the biggest expense other than fuel, is keeping the thing mechanically run. Yeah, that saved us a ton of money. Having to do all the maintenance and do all the uh, major repairs whenever they went down. Yeah, that's a big advantage. There's no doubt. And then it helped out a lot too when uh, the trucks would break down, and I'd get the drivers to help me diagnose the issue before calling a roadside service guy. Uh, we had a laptop. Each truck had a laptop on it, and I'd hook up. To, I'd have the drivers hook up to it, and uh, remotely I diagnosed the. Uh, the trucks, and then when I figured out what the problem was, I would just call the mobile roadside service and tell them exactly what I wanted. I want you to go down there. I want you to change this sensor. I want you to change this ballast or whatever needed to be done. Hey, Jose, one more thing before I um, stop beating up on you and let you go. Tell me a little bit about, start <laughs> start to describe the trucks for me. Give me the truck specs, year, make, oh. model, engine, transmission, all that stuff. Uh, okay. I'll do my best. I don't know the all, all the exact specs, uh, but I have a 2015 Volvo VNF 670 with an E13, uh, 455 horsepower, uh, 10 speed automatic, a sleeper. I don't know the gear ratio. I don't remember it off the top of my head. I have a 2017 Volvo with a V13, uh, 455 horsepower. Uh, it's a 72 inch sleeper. 
gear ratios. I'm not sure how the gear ratios do. Okay, so so here's part of the problem, Jose. We've we've got to take that mechanical knowledge you have and start to apply it to a truck. You don't know the gear ratios on these trucks, which may be one of the most important factors. Uh, right. Yeah, my opportunity is talking. We're talking a lot about the gear ratios and the transmission. Yeah, All right. So, so Jose, I think you've got a lot to think about. Um, I, I, I'm going to make kind of a bold claim. If you go back into this without putting a lot of effort into gaining the knowledge, you are absolutely going to fail. I can guarantee. Right. I, I don't. I don't want to do that. If oh, if I'm just going to make a, a bold claim, if you join the CMC in the coaching, I can almost guarantee your success. Right. I see it. Of all the people I've been listening to talk and have been to the program and that have uh, came back and talked about that, you know, that follow through the program, that actually follow through the program and came back and, and uh, witnessed on the yep. power Here. of the CMC program. Here's the good news the good news is, is that you were financially stable enough that you were able to take this kind of a failure. Six trucks on the road is expensive, and you were able to keep all of those trucks even though the business has been shut down. That tells me your finances were really strong. That's, that's the, what saved you here. That's what's going to allow you to restart this and do it right this time. You had one big thing going for you. Your your finances must have been in darn good shape before you started this. Uh, yeah, they're all paid off. Uh, we paid them off. We bought all of them cash. Actually, we got a really good deal right before the pandemic hit, and everything just skyrocketed. We got all the all the trucks except for one. So for the 2017, we paid uh, twenty three thousand. Oh yeah, you did for the well. 2000, for the 2015, we paid. Uh, 26 uh, for the T680 we paid 35 the yep. T680 yep. 2012 Packard motor uh, 300,000 miles original truck was sitting in uh, it was a repo was sitting in the in the storage facility we paid trusted drivers to kind of help you run this which most of the time is just going to be a mistake um here's what i would say jose i would say go take some time think about this um and if you're ready to do this right this time um get signed up and we'll be here to help you create that plan yeah i will do it and I want to get them started. I don't want them just sitting there because, I, and I don't want to sell them either because I'm not going to get anything out of them. So no, no. Trucks, at this point, do not sell them. and two reapers. Yeah. At, at this point, do not sell them unless you decide you're just getting out of that business completely. But it, but if you're going to try this again, hold on to all of that equipment until we sit down and start to create your plan, and then we'll figure out should any of that go or or what should you keep. But I, I wouldn't make any of those decisions right now. Yeah, that's why I've been holding off. Uh, I've been wanting to talk to you guys and see okay, if we can get good. a plan together and, and get this business going back and making some money. Good. All right. Well, let's let's do that. Take a couple of days. Think about it. Give us a call back. Uh, hey, Brent, that was uh, yes, that sir. was that was a little uh, good cop, bad cop going on there. 
<laughs> well, you know, hey, we work well that way. I'll tell you, the thing I, I'm encouraged by Jose is that he he owns six trucks free and clear. He doesn't, he's not even going to have, other than his insurance payment, he's not going to have any cost on the truck. He can fix the trucks himself. If he'll, if he'll, if he will sign up and do the work and listen to your class, listen to the advice, make a plan, it's going to be hard for him not to be successful. Yeah, it really it's is. Be hard. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. That That's, I did not expect to hear that he owned all of that equipment outright. Oh, no. What a, he's made a good decision there to get, to get them completely paid off. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it almost like a, they still got, Sounds uh, like, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, it sounds like by, he was kind of breaking up, so I couldn't get all the details on his trucks, but it sounds like that he might need to, tweak, might need to make some mechanical tweaks on his truck, but, uh, but it sounds like that they're not in such, uh, they're not so old and so many miles on. He's still got a lot of life out of them. Yeah, and we may decide to get rid of a couple of them. Um, if the specs are that bad and they're they're not performing properly, we may get rid of some. But the right. the fact that he's got all this equipment that he owns outright, um, it's kind of interesting. I wonder. I would have loved to have seen the financials when they decided to shut the doors. Trucks are all paid for. I, I don't know. It just seems odd, but um, it certainly puts him in a good position now. Well, you did give him such great advice, and this would be good for, for any truckers listening. But, you know, when you've got somebody else operating your equipment that you own and they're not following the rules or getting you in some hot water, if you heard him, he talked about some DOT problems and some other issues with safety out there. Safety can drown you. You know, you've got to have operational efficiency when it comes to safety or you can, it, it, can shut, it can shut the doors for you. You know, here's another factor that a lot of people don't realize. You can start lots of businesses, and it doesn't mean you have to know everything about that business. Right. Not at all. Sure. But trucks, it's kind of unique, and here's why. If I hire somebody for our warehouse, when they start, we can be right there watching them. We can correct them constantly. We can train them so that they understand what the job is. And then they either learn the job or they Mm -hmm. don't. And we move on Mm -hmm. from there. I I don't even have to necessarily know how to everything that happens in the warehouse to be able to train somebody in the warehouse because I can be right there with them every day. We put people in a truck and we set them loose. We might not see them again for months. We have no idea what they are doing every day. And I, I... this isn't a slam against drivers, it's just human nature. They will lie to you. And if you don't understand what happens out on the road every day, you don't know when they're lying and when they're not. And, and you could have great drivers that would help you, but you, the, the odds are you're going to have drivers who will probably end up taking advantage of your lack of knowledge. Uh, well, sure. Of course they will. So this is one of those jobs where it is really difficult to build this business if you haven't done that day-to-day job. Yeah, well, <laughs> 100%. And, and you know, I think about what you just said about, about the, the driver quotient being, you know, that, that's sort of somewhat the uncontrollable part of it. The other part is, and I was just I was just reading back in some of my my notes, uh, listening to some of these larger players, they were talking about how insurance, their insurance continues to go up and up and up, and that's another way. How effective are you buying the things that you have to have to operate? Uh, obviously, Jose has, has trucks himself, but he's still got to buy things efficiently, no matter what it is, not just fuel, but uh, but but insurance on top of that. So, uh, but yeah, just, it's just an amazing thing. It, 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 this is a business you need to know the details on or uh, the details can overwhelm you. Yes. 
And that's exactly what happened here. We have somebody who uh, has been very, very good at managing their money and and started Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. plenty of money and bought trucks pretty smart. I mean, there's some trucks in there that I'm sure I'm not going to be wild about the specs, but they did buy smart. They got good deals. They had plenty of cash. My biggest shock now that we've been through all of this is that they went out of business. Yeah, uh, well, I think that he, he 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 alluded to the drivers being the issue was was what was putting him out of business was the actual the drivers themselves, which were some of the decisions because he wasn't in control. Of it. Right. You know, it, right. It, 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 he let that get out of control, and that ended up creating a problem where they couldn't operate anymore. All right. Um, hey, Brent. I see we are uh, coming okay. close to the end here. What uh, what else you got on your mind before we wrap this segment up? Hey, one, one other one other thing. This is this is interesting. So, looking for opportunities in the market. So, I always want to want to bring up things that, that are growing inside of this inside of the freight market. So, um, when you think about the the, the rates inside of uh, the full truckload marketplace, they're, they're challenged right now. They're not as, not as healthy as, as many would want them to be. I do know this that there's a there's an aspect of freight right now that's increasing because I heard five of the top 10 uh, large carrier companies talk about how they're increasing this part of their business, which means there'll be opportunity across the market with it, which is power only. In other words, you don't have to have the trailer to move the actual freight. You just have to have the power unit. So uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of opportunity with, with, with power only or also known as drop and hook where you can be moving uh, f- freight very rapidly and very um, uh, uh, consistently on power only. So, uh, what I would, what I'm, I would encourage carriers out there is to to look for loads inside of lanes that that you you like to work you work in, but look for the power only loads because they're growing because there's that from what I heard from from these players is there's there's just better margin in them because it provides flexibility for the shipper. So I just would encourage uh, carriers to, to to look for loads. They're on they're on they're on, they're on truck stops. They're on other load board. Look for power only loads and see if that's an opportunity for you to make a better margin. You know that I've been watching that segment, and there has been, and mm-hmm. I, I would say the last year almost, certainly the last six months, a lot more mm-hmm. talk. It, it, power only has been around a long time. I know a lot of people that, oh, forever, that have yeah. done. Mm-hmm. I know single truck owner operators that have been doing power only for a decade or more. But it, it, we didn't talk about it a lot. It was a small segment. But you're right. It, all of a sudden, it seems like there's a lot of interest in that. Well, there's a lot of interest in that. So, and I, it, it comes with the the Amazon effect, Kevin, where there's freight that needs to be moved, large amounts of freight, but truck, they're, they're full truckloads of freight need to move from location A to location B to get positioned. And so that that's kind of what, what's going on there. I also saw, that, and, and I'll close with this if you want to, but that there's more um, desire for the shipper. So the ultimate customer, everybody's customer, the shipper is wanting to do more dedicated hauling. In other words, you're going to haul this freight for me all the time. And so I think about the spot market. I think about the small carriers that are out there. And it kind of goes back to your point, what we started this conversation with today, which was how are you really going and finding those five or six brokers that you can really develop a relationship with, or maybe even a shipper. It's, it's, it's more difficult as a small player to work with shippers because you're only a one or two truck or three truck entity, and they're used to dealing with people that have tens, twenties, hundreds of trucks. So, but how can you go and create that relationship where you can have that dedicated lane for the rate that you're looking, you know, that, that works for you, but you've got to do it with having that close relationship with that broker or potentially that shipper. And that, that's, that's in the spot world. That's more, that's more like the dedicated route, which is you're going to haul this and you're going to haul it as much as you, you as much as you, you'd like to. So, so um, I just think about those two things. That was, I heard a tremendous amount. And so when the really, really large players, Kevin, 
are talking about these things. That means it's going to be it's going to be uh, freight industry wide, and so there'll be opportunities for anyone's business to take advantage, just like they have the opportunity to take advantage of that. Yes, <clears throat> I agree. Um, now I, I I hear you coughing a little bit. Are you feeling all right? I I finally decided to participate in the whole COVID thing. You did. Well, I did. Congratulations on your COVID baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I somehow avoided oh it for gosh. four years. Um, last Tuesday morning, I woke up, and I almost yeah. didn't do the show, and I decided, well, I'll give it a try and see if I feel better. Um, after yeah. the show, I crawled into bed, and I really haven't gotten out since. Oh, my gosh. Same thing happened to me first time I got it, which was I spent 48 hours asleep. And then I spent the next month kind of getting out of brain fog. But, uh, well, man, I'm sorry for that. That happened to you, pal. That, that's tough. Yeah, bad, bad timing right now. So I, I've lost about a week. And honestly, I was, I, was, I was not planning on doing the show this morning. Wow. Yeah. Well, you're hanging in there. You're, um, you're, um, you're, you're, at least, you're at least running on like 80%, it sounds like. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to bed after this, though. <laughs> Well, good. Get some rest. We we need Kevin Rutherford at the helm, man. The carriers and the market needs Kevin Rutherford. We need him. We need him 100. So, get back to health, man. All right. Hey, I'm gonna cut you loose. Let you get on with your day, and uh, we will okay. do this again Thank next you. week. Looking forward to it. Yes, sir. All right, Brent from truckstop.com. Thanks as always. We'll do it again next week. All right. I'm gonna grab a couple calls here, and then we're gonna wrap this up for the day. Let's go to Georgia. Scott, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh, yeah, you don't sound too hot, man. Missed your show last week. I just heard uh, you talking to him about getting COVID, so sorry about that. Yeah, it, uh, I, I let myself get uh, get a little stressed, let, let my HRV drop, wasn't sleeping good, and uh, then I spent too much time around people who were, everybody around here seems to be sick right now. There, there seems to be a real COVID wave happening right here. Um, I'm just shocked for me. It's the first time I got it. Wow. Well, my first uh, thing is, um, I don't know what kind of operation you're running around there, but your uh, customer service is top notch. Well, thank you. I give it 10 stars. I, I made an order last maybe tuesday or wednesday and i had my stuff before the weekend so i appreciate i appreciate y'all getting that stuff out quick i didn't expect it that quick so excellent thanks for the feedback yeah we've got Uh, a uh we've got a great team and uh i i can't take much credit for that that's all lisa yeah i was uh i was very surprised when my wife called me i was out on the road and she called me and said you got a package today and i knew what it was and i was like wow i didn't expect it that quick so good good um so yeah i appreciate that hey one question about just a health question um i'm not a big uh i don't i don't eat a lot um i mean i usually probably only eat one or two meals a day um i kind of snack on beef jerky and cheese and stuff like that i mean i'm i've been pretty uh i've been pretty uh hardcore on the carnivore diet um, okay is that a problem you think if i only eat one or two meals a day no, actually, I th- I really believe that the less we eat, the healthier we would be. All indications really do seem to be that the the less often we eat, 
Uh, and the less volume of food we eat, the healthier we are. I, I am honestly shocked by how little food I can get by on when I'm eating, especially strict carnivore. If I'm eating strict carnivore, yeah. by the end of the day, I look at how much food I ate and I thought, how can you survive on this little bit of food? But I do. And I feel better. I, I think that, right. that, you know, it, we've even been brainwashed. You're supposed to clean your plate. Uh, you know, all, all those things that we've been brought up with these ideas around food that, oh, my God, you got to eat. You got to eat. Well, well, no, maybe we don't. We should not be eating all right. the time. You know, they, <clears throat> the, the vegans try to make a big deal about the fact that gorillas and apes, um, they are basically vegetarian. They may eat some bugs here and there, but they, they eat a ton of plant matter. And they talk about, well, they're so big and strong. Well, they also spend about 14 hours every day eating. It's the only way they wow. can get enough nutrition out of plants. They have to eat constantly. That, that's right, not right. how humans evolved. Humans evolved. We would kill an animal, gorge on that animal, and we might not eat for three or four days sometimes. It, it, so this idea yeah. that we have to eat three square meals a day, that, that's total fiction. There, there's no such thing in human biology about eating three square meals a day. Yeah, because even when I, I mean, I'll sit down for, uh, like when I do eat like one big meal, say, at a, I mean, even if I only eat one one meal a day, it's almost like um, I mean I can't even consume that much. If I right. Say I cook a ribeye or a T-bone or something. I mean, I might eat half of that thing. Exactly. And just be full, and I'm just like, I mean, I don't know why I'm not eating a lot, but well, because that is our real food. I, I am totally convinced that animal products should be well over 90 percent of our diet that's the real food we should be eating and when we eat it we don't need much of anything else and you just don't need yeah. much food but think about right. all the f non food that's in the grocery store it's basically all the same stuff when you go up and down the aisles everything in the middle aisles it's all flour sugar and seed oils it's just made yep, up into yep. 87,000 different products, but it's all the damn same ingredients. And they, right. there is almost zero nutrition in that food. So we can eat and eat and eat and eat. We're still going to be hungry because our body is screaming for more nutrition. But you give it meat or eggs yep. or fish, an animal product, it, it has all the nutrition it needs and it will say, hey, that's enough. I mean, I don't care how hungry I get. I can't eat more than about eight or 10 ounces of beef beef yeah i mean that's how i am so yeah and it was interesting because a few weeks ago i uh i ran out of food on the road and uh just never got a chance to pull over and well really didn't take time i'm sure i had plenty of chances but yeah so i started eating a bunch of junk oh boy and it seemed like i was just hungry yeah you yeah, can't it stop like i was just hungry right yeah i mean it was like why why can I, if I'm on the carnivore diet, why can I eat one steak a day, maybe an egg, a couple right. boiled eggs or something and be fine? Yep. But yet, when I start putting all this junk in my body, it feels like I'm just hungry all the time. All the time. And you are because your body is saying, look, you, you can keep putting stuff in your pie hole, but we're not getting any nutrition. Right, right. Okay. So really just, I mean, even if I did only eat one meal a day, I mean, as long as I'm not as long as I'm not hungry, I mean, I'm good. You are absolutely good. I think you are far healthier that way, yes. Okay. All right. 
Sounds good. I'll let you go, man. I know you ain't feeling good, so uh, take some other calls, and uh, All right. I hope you get back to get back to your health soon, man. Thank Thanks you. for the call. I appreciate it. Let's um, let's go to Virginia. Bob, welcome to the program. Hello. What can I help you with today? Yeah, did you catch that guy, Jose, say he was from California? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I because did. Why? They, because to me it seems... Okay, it's great. He's got his trucks, his trailers, and everything paid for. But that's like one of the worst states in the world. I I would even think about trying to restart a trucking business. I, you know what I mean? I mean they're against it with AB five rules. You know emissions and all that crap. Man, uh, I that's just my thought. No, I don't completely disagree with you, and I have moved my business several times, more than once, to to create a better environment for the business. And at some point, that may or may not come up. And I'll tell you why. I don't see or hear anything about his story where California was the problem. I'm with you. I I, I hate their rules. They they have totally disrupted the trucking industry. And I I wouldn't want to run a trucking company there. But if he's already there and and I I don't see how it was California that caused him to fail. So I don't see that as the big problem. Yeah, I just, you know, I was just thinking about that, listening to the show. I'm like, God almighty, you know, cutting, cutting everything off and then wanting to restart and stay in there. Like, holy cow. Yeah, it's it's a it's a challenge, but kind of my point is he, I can almost say that money wasn't even really the problem. I mean, the trucks yeah, all paid it's for. Like he's, yeah, it's inexperience, so and then they're dependent on other the, people to do it for you. It, well, depending on, I mean, clearly, if you're going to own six trucks, you got to depend on somebody else to drive them. He has right. no real working knowledge of how a small trucking company should operate. And then he was depending on driver's advice. And look, here's what the drivers are going to tell you. I, I, can, I can tell you all the things they're going to tell you. Oh, we don't want to go to that place. That's horrible. Um, oh, no, we need to drive 70 miles an hour. Or you can't get this job done. That's the kind of stuff they will tell you. And human nature, they're looking out for their own best interest. They don't understand yeah, how to run yeah. a small trucking company either. Right. I just, you know, I was just curious if you guys caught that because, like, you know, like I said, I can't stand the government out that way, you know. Oh, no, I agree. The influence and what they want to do and all that, it's like, my God. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I just don't think that was his big problem. I don't see any reason why he couldn't operate a successful trucking company out of California. Like I said, I'd rather not. It's a lot of rules that I'd rather not right. have to deal with, but he's already there. I, I doubt that he's going to move. It may come up, but I, I think he could still be okay. If he gets the knowledge and a plan, he'll be fine. Right, right. Yeah, I was like I said, I was just thinking about it as I'm driving up 81 here, and yeah, I'm just shaking my head like, wow. Yeah, you're right. It, it's definitely a factor. There's, there's no doubt about it. All right, we are <clears throat> going to wrap this up for the day. Hopefully, I will be back here tomorrow. I am. Uh, I'm going to go rest for a bit again. Not that I haven't been resting enough for the last week, but uh, obvious not enough because I haven't recovered yet. So we will. Uh, we will hopefully see you back here tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. <laughs>